Welcome to the Aurora Cornerstone Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We hope today's message is an encouragement to you. Uh, Good morning. It is such an honor to be here with you again. Here we are, I guess it's a a year later, almost almost to the day. And it's such a blessing to be here, and uh, Pastor Wayne has been so good to our family, and Lori, uh, as, as Shauna went to their church forever, I met her as a fired up for God youth pastor in Barrie, and we just connected right away, and uh, I was the one who asked her to marry me, just so you know. She probably thought it took too long, but uh, she's not here to, to respond to that, but it's, it's been such a blessing to be a part of life. I just celebrated... Let's see, August 11th was 20 years at Life 100.3. How did that happen? Well, thank you very much. It was, when I started in radio, it was my, my goal to be a part of Christian radio, and here's how God works. I didn't even know of any Christian radio stations at the time. So God just kind of navigated my path, and I arrived at life, and I've been here for 20 years in Christian radio for 22, so God has been so good. Can I, I just see those hands again? How many people have heard of life? 100, wow, that's amazing. Well, thank you so much. How many people enjoy the teaching shows like Focus on the Family and Turning Point and Insight for Living and In Touch with Charles Stanley. Charles Stanley passed away this year, as some of you may have heard. Did you know that since he passed away, we have more people listening to the show? Because, I mean, God's Word is timeless, and it still speaks, and it's amazing how that works, and God is still using him even after he's passed away. How many people enjoy the music, like Casting Crowns and Mercy Me, Elevation Worship, Newsboys, okay? Um, we have Southern Gospel. Any Southern Gospel fans here, like Gaithers? Oh, not as many. Oh, we got a couple. Okay. You don't have to be shy. It seems the Southern Gospel fans. Yes, a little bit, little bit. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, did you know that we now have praise and worship every night after seven? You guys know that? Okay. And also all day Sunday, praise and worship Sunday. That's been with us right from the beginning. And you can listen to life at 100.3. We established that. But now we know if the frequency gets a little bit staticky, then people are thinking, ah, it's hard to listen to static. Well, now we have our, our iPhone and Android apps, or you can listen at our website by listening online. Did you know that since 2020, our listenership on our app and online has gone up 300%? So, yeah, praise God for that. So I think some people have just realized you don't have to put up with the static anymore. You could just kind of have your phone with you wherever you go. And even in our house, we have radios in different rooms in the house, but sometimes I just take my phone and listen <laughs> to the stream wherever I happen to be. So it's, it's a blessing that we can do that. Um, it's always fun then when we get to hear our, uh, from our listeners and uh, just a, one incredible story that I wanted to share with you is we, we received an email from somebody, and they wanted us to go and speak at a church in Peterborough. And David Mann is originally from Peterborough. He's one of the, the DJs on life. And so he got up, and he shared, and he said, hey, if you have a story of how life has impacted you, just come see me after the service. I'd appreciate that. And so he did that. And people came up and said, hey, thank you so much for what you do. We appreciate it. And this one guy walked up in and said, hey, you said if I had a story... Uh, I'd like to share it with you. 
And David said, sure, great. And he said, hey, listen, you know what? I was really kind of lost in my life, and I'd kind of wandered away, and I was headed down the wrong track. And then I turned on the radio, and he said, the only radio station that I could get, which is strange because in Peterborough, there's lots of radio stations, but the only one that came in clear was our repeater station in Peterborough at 89.3. And he listened to the songs, which then led into one of the teaching programs, and he surrendered his life to Jesus as a result of that. Isn't that crazy? Praise God. And we hear stories like this all the time. And we also have something on our website that's become very popular called the prayer wall, where you could just go on and you could submit a prayer request. And not only will we pray for you on the air, uh, but we have other listeners who can go on and read your prayer request. And you can click to say, I prayed. So it's so neat to see somebody have a prayer request. And a few minutes later, there's 10 people who have already prayed for your request. And so we're honored to have that. Here's just a couple of examples. Sometimes it's just prayer for wisdom, and other times it's really serious. Just this week, I have two people that attend my church near the end of life, both believers. Dave has bone cancer, Richard, congestive heart failure, my wife Maggie, who's been suffering with dizziness, nausea, and brain fog every day for two years. So it's very real stuff. Another one, place for a relationship, prayer for a relationship to be reconciled. So God has just been able to use this radio station, and it's we have a job to do as everybody who's a part of the radio, but, I mean, God takes over from there. It's God's grace, God's favor that has been able to keep this signal strong through the years, and so we are honored uh, to do that. Um, and I wanted to also share... As Pastor Wayne said, that the church supports us uh, every month. We know that you support, some of you support us individually as well. Uh, our fiscal year ends this week. So our new fiscal year starts in September. And I just wanted to share with you, did you know that we hit our budget officially a week ago? So this is, I'm just coming off of a week of vacation. That means that your support helped push us over the top. <laughs> Sometimes we start with this huge budget. Yes, thank you so much. Sometimes we start with this huge goal, but we have thousands of people. We have churches who just faithfully give, and they give what they can, and it's extremely generous to us. Sometimes people think, oh, I just have this much to give, but it all adds up, and in the end, here we go. I get to speak to the church that helps push us over the top to reach our budget, and in these times, it's not easy, as you would imagine, so we're so thankful for that. When you support us at Life 100.3, you help us reach maybe the next person that you're not able to reach, as we cover all of Central Ontario, and with the internet, we have people listening all over the world, so we're so grateful for that. Thank you so much for entrusting us with that responsibility. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that we can come here and we can hear of what you're doing and these incredible stories that Pastor Wayne and the team came back with from the conference and how uh, you have big plans for this nation and you always have. And God, would we be open to what you want us to do, what our role is. And as we open your word, let these be your words, not mine. In Jesus' name, amen. I really enjoyed what Pastor Wayne said about this church being well, Aurora Cornerstone Church and being in the center of what God is doing, and I think this message just applies perfectly, and it's, it's basically the foundation of what that means. So I'd like to dig into Matthew 14. If you have your Bibles with you or if you have the app on your phone, you can turn to it now, Matthew 14. In just a moment, we're going to begin in verse 22. 
But the chapter begins with the beheading of John the Baptist. You're thinking, oh, great, Steve. Thanks for this message. This is a great start. Fantastic. So as you may know, Jesus and John had a very close relationship, and he was the one who baptized Jesus, and now he was gone. And Jesus, for obvious reasons, was devastated by the news. And like the rest of us, in a situation like that, one of our first instincts is we just want to be alone. We just want to be alone with our thoughts. But let's be honest, he was Jesus. He was full of wisdom and knowledge, and people were healed everywhere he went. And he was the Messiah. No one would let him out of their sight. And even when he privately took a boat to be alone, the people followed. So what did Jesus do? He yelled at them, told them to get lost. He just lost a best friend. Of course not. No. When he saw that they followed, that they that followed him and that they had gathered, verse 14 said he had compassion on them and healed their sick. It took me a while to get this part, but verse 15 says, as evening approached, he had been there all day. He was exhausted. His friend had just died, but he had compassion on them, and he taught, and he healed, and he fed them all. Amazing. And that's where we pick up the part of the story that we're discussing today. We pick it up in verse 22. If Jesus was exhausted before, you can imagine how he feels now. Okay, so here we go. Verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake, When the disciples saw him walking in the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? I think if you were to ask the average Christian if they believe that God's timing is perfect, I think they would definitely say yes, right? Most of us would say God's timing is perfect. And yet, I think we often struggle, or at least I can, with trusting that God knows what he's doing. Because timing is everything. And when I take something to God, I think the right time for answered prayers is always right now. Can anybody relate to that? If you're asking, if you're praying, I want it answered right now. So this morning, I'd like to talk about faith and timing, specifically God's timing. Did you know that the average North American will spend six months sitting at stoplights? And I'm depressing you again. I apologize for that. Uh, One year for looking for misplaced objects. Think of all those times you can't find your keys, right? Two years unsuccessfully returning phone calls. Two years. I had no idea it was that long. Four years doing housework. Oh, I know. Five years waiting in line. Six years eating. I kind of like that to be more, honestly. Six years, I mean, eating's good. There are not many of us who would say, 
I think the biggest challenge with, with waiting is that we just don't like it, right? Let's say you wanted to get a new car. You had these big dreams of this new car, and you said, listen, I'd really like a new car. Maybe not till 2042. Most of us don't have that kind of a plan, right? I think we can dream, and we can pray that God will answer our dreams, and he certainly can, and he might do that. But in situations like those, I think that we have to be very careful. It's in those circumstances when it can become so easy for us to take our eyes off of God and focus on what we're looking for over here. Start focusing on the situation. That's when we start to trust the bank. Instead, we might trust a friend, trust the government. And don't get me wrong, all of those can be okay. But tell me if this sounds familiar. God has placed something on your heart. Maybe it's for the salvation of a family member or a friend, or there's a new ministry starting up a church, or a situation at work, and you know that what's on your heart is a very good thing, and yet you feel discouraged. It's almost like you're sinking. Let's go back to our text in Matthew 14 and focus on Peter in the boat. Peter had what I like to call early faith. He hears Jesus, he believes Jesus, he is even full of faith until he takes that step of faith. How many can relate to that? It always starts okay. You believe for that miracle in your life. You believe that the house that you've been praying for is going to sell at the right price. You believe that the community around you can be reached for Christ. We come to church, we cheer each other on, and then it's time to do something. And when we take that step, that's when we seem to notice the storm in the situation is a lot stronger. The wind is starting to cause some problems. Unexpected surprise after surprise. It all starts showing up. And before we know it, we're no longer focused on the dream that God put on our heart, but instead we start to sink. We feel like giving up. Our faith that was so strong, like Peter's was getting out of the boat, seems so small. Did you notice how quickly Peter's faith changed? He had amazing faith to step out of the boat in the first place. And I don't know if you ever ever tried to walk on water, just for fun. I did. Right down to the bottom. Water up my nose. Didn't go over well. But Peter showed this incredible faith to get out of the boat, and he looked in the eyes of Jesus, and he knew it would happen. But in such a short time, what did he do? He lost his faith, took his eyes off of Jesus, and he started to sink. Then what happened? He sunk into the water, never to be heard from again. And Jesus looked at the other disciples and said, okay, who's next? No, thankfully, no. Jesus reached out, and he caught him. Jesus knew that Peter had some faith issues, and he acted like he completely trusted Jesus, but when it was time to let go of all of his safety nets and completely trust Jesus... He wasn't ready. So how can we be ready when our faith is tested? I believe the answer is in the beginning of the passage that we just read. Why wasn't Jesus on the boat to begin with? Why was he walking on the water to the boat? Verse 22 says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. Then verse 23, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. 
I believe there are two things that we need to recharge spiritually and keep our faith strong. And these sound very basic, but they're very important. Number one, read your Bible. Number two, do it. Jesus said to do in verse 23, or what he did, he went off by himself to pray. I want to change uh, directions just a little bit. How, how many people would consider themselves a very good cook, you think? I'm not getting you to brag. I'm just meaning if it's time for you to make dinner, people aren't going to say, I'm full. Anybody fit that category? Okay, good, good. Um, for you good cooks, I'm wondering, how did you learn to cook? Did you learn from somebody? Did you, did you just follow a cookbook? Do you ask Google? Okay, a little bit of the above probably. Well, for those of us who are a little bit challenged in the kitchen, I would be one of them. We need guidance. We need instructions or we're going to be in big trouble. I love telling this, this story of my friend Ryan. He gave me permission to share this story, just so you know. He was taking home economics in high school, and they were learning how to cook. And on this particular day, they were making some sort of macaroni casserole, and somebody needed to be in charge of cooking the macaroni. And so Ryan knew that he was quite challenged in the kitchen. He said, I'm going to take the easiest possible job I can find. I mean, how hard can it be to cook the macaroni? It's like straightforward. Uh, the teacher did have instructions for them to follow. Uh, but again, he said, I don't need instructions. It's not hard to cook macaroni. So he ignored them, just went right to it. And he got everything together, put it on the stove, and he and the rest of his group sat down to do some other work. So a few minutes later, one of the classmates says, what's that smell? It's like something's burning. And so another classmate went up to Ryan and said, Ryan, did you put enough water in the pot for the macaroni? And he goes, water? So it's kind of funny how we will read a cookbook to learn how to cook. We'll go online to figure out what's happening in the world. But when we need an answer from God, we often don't go to the source, the Bible. I was watching an interview that comedian Bill Maher did. Has anybody heard of Bill Maher? He had a show many years ago called Politically Incorrect. Uh, he talks a lot about politics, but he's also very vocal about, in fact, he describes himself as um, an agnostic atheist. He's like, put me in all of the categories. I just don't want a, a label, but he's... It's almost like he's for proving that there is no God. He even did a documentary called Religious that was making fun of all of the different religions in the world, specifically Christianity. And he recently said this about Christians. He said, Christians talk about living by what the Bible says, but they don't know what it says. Most of them have never read it cover to cover. And I was like, oh my goodness, it was just convicting for me. And it wasn't something that I should go be crushed. It's just like, well, let's turn that around. Let's see what happens. Jeff Moore is an artist that we play on the retro show with Scott Jackson, Saturday morning, 6 and 11, quick plug. Um, he calls the Bible the book of answers. I love that. So when his boys were teenagers and experiencing life's challenges, he would always say, let's look at the book of answers. No matter what someone is going through, someone in this book has gone through the same thing. And you won't know that until you pick it up and read it. It's crazy how true it is. 
I mean, if your Tesla broke down in the parking lot, you won't find the manual in the book of Proverbs. I'm just saying. It's not that kind of manual. However, you will find insight on finances, on marriage, on leadership, on how to treat your neighbor, on encouragement, the course of path to salvation. I mean, that's the obvious one. The whole story of why everything even exists the way it does anyway, it's all there. We just need to go look for it. Here's the proof. Let me just give you just a few examples. Psalm 119, verse 130, the unfolding of your words, the Bible, gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Proverbs 2, verses 1 to 5, my son, if you accept my words, the Bible, and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, prayer, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. One evangelist, has anybody heard of John Bevere? Okay, John Bevere, he describes the fear of God. That always kind of messed with me a little bit, the fear of God. Does that mean we're supposed to be afraid of God, this whole lightning bolt of zapping us? And John said the fear of God right here, he says, is to be terrified to be away from God. That high view of God shapes character, which in turn controls our thoughts and actions. Isn't that good? Oh, my goodness. So we spend time reading God's word, and verse 5 just said, we'll understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So many times we read that Jesus spent time in prayer. Even in our scripture this morning, verse 23, he went up on the mountaintop by himself to pray. Mark 135, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And of course, in the Garden of Gethsemane, we know that story. Once more, he went away and prayed. There's this theme in those three verses. Each one says he went off what? By himself to pray. If Jesus, the Son of God, feels like he needs to go off by himself to pray, I think we should probably do the same. What do you think? So what is prayer? I looked it up in the dictionary, and it's defined this way, as an act of communication with God, such as devotion, confession, praise, or thanksgiving. That's the dictionary definition. I thought that's pretty good. I remember I was a youth leader at my church, and every once in a while, I'd get to lead a Bible study on Wednesday nights, and I, I try to pass along the wisdom that my youth pastor had passed along to me. And, but the advice, I think, can, can work for all of us. Greg, my youth pastor, he really wanted us to understand the importance of spending time reading God's Word and prayer regularly. And he would ask me, hey, Steve, how's your week going? And I'd say, hey, listen, I'm going through a really tough time right now. I'm feeling kind of blah. And he'd always come back with the same answer. He would say, how's your devotional life? First question. And it was really annoying. So I'm like, I want to tell you all my problems. I just want to unload. And then he would say, how's your devotional life? How is it? What, what did you read about this week? Did you take it to God? What did you talk about? Sometimes we'll have one of those weeks where everything goes wrong. Sometimes we'll have those weeks where everything seems like it's going right. And I think one of the most difficult times in our life is when we need to wait on God. We kind of discussed that. Everybody agree with that? Some of us forget that those are the times that God uses to help us grow in Him. 
He's working on our patience, our obedience to Him. And He just wants us to wait on Him by spending time in His Word and in prayer. God's timing is perfect, yes, and sometimes we just need to rest in that. And just go back to His Word and say, God, I don't get this. I don't know why this isn't happening in the order that I want it to happen in. And yet, but I'm going to rest in you, and I'm going to keep going back to your word. This is an excerpt from Our Daily Bread, the devotional. The purposes of God often develop slowly because His grand designs are never hurried. The great New England preacher, Phillips Brooks, was noted for his poise and quiet manner. At times, however, even he suffered moments of frustration and irritability. One day, a friend saw him feverishly pacing the floor like a caged lion. What's the trouble, Mr. Brooks, he asked. The trouble is that I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. (laughs) Haven't we felt like that sometimes? At Life, we started something a few years ago that I was mentioning called the prayer wall, and our listeners or you can post a a prayer request, include your name, or you can be anonymous. We'll pray for you. Other listeners can let you know that they're praying for you. And I think there's a misunderstanding, though, when it comes to prayer. Initially, I think many of us see prayer as an opportunity to bring our wish list to God, and so we bring our request to Him, which is important, but it ends there for us. But I believe the purpose of prayer and spending time in His Word is to transform us from the inside out. Romans 12.2 teaches us that when we spend time with Him, our minds are transformed. That means our worry, our fear, our frustration no longer becomes our focus. The issues are still there. That's the big thing to remember. The issues are there, but our focus is now shifted to the promises of God instead. The rest of that verse in Romans teaches us that when our minds are transformed by spending time in prayer and reading the Bible, we receive that peace that passes beyond understanding. The late Charles Stanley said, when you put your focus on your problems, the bigger they get. Isn't that true? Oh, my goodness. The bigger the problem gets, the more you doubt God. He went on to say, when you put your focus on God by reading the Bible in prayer, you understand His ways. Completely changes your perspective. Isaiah 40, 31 says, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. If you're waiting on something right now, it's an opportunity to renew your strength. Psalm 34, 18 says, He is near to the brokenhearted. If you have a broken heart, He wants to be near to you. But if you're not reading His Word, spending time with Him, you'll never know. Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you. He'll be with you wherever you go. When you wake up and read that and know that God will be with you, how incredible is that? That's the first thing you read in the morning to send you off into your day. I just want to say, if you're waiting on something right now, whether it's here at the church, at home, at work, I want to encourage you to press on by spending time in His Word and in prayer. Life 100.3 is the perfect example of God's grace and His provision and His goodness. Thankfully for us, everything we prayed for, God's answered those prayers immediately. No. But He has provided. And one of the best things that you can do The fun part 
and you're wondering, man, God, it never seems to answer my prayers on time. It never seems to happen. Let me challenge you to do something. Look behind you and see where you were and where God has brought you to today. And you'll go, oh my goodness, God has been with me all along. Thanks for listening to the Aurora Cornerstone podcast. Remember to subscribe. For more information about our church and our ministries, visit auroracornerstone.ca.